Happy holiday for Neem. Do you want to share anything before you start the class or just go ahead with the class? I think we can just go ahead with the class. Okay. Yeah. It's nice to be with you all on this auspicious occasion. I heard that it's a, today's Purnim is a blue moon. So it was aware auspicious, I thought, I think, from an ordinary point of view and uh, certainly from our point of view today is the Balaram Purnim, Baldev Purnim Kijai. It's interesting to note that um, all of us, for the most part, um, are involved in this uh, discussion and participation, uh, celebration of this uh, holy day today, and um, involved in in Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Um, because of Prabhupada's departure from uh, India to the West, and he departed on the Baladev Purnim from uh, Bombay. So as the moon was rising in the east and heading west, he sailed as well and uh, created our good fortune. So we got uh, somewhat of a send-off from Balaram. He further, of course, requested strength while on the boat, while on the journey from Krishna, to be able to um, perform the kind of seva that he um, envisioned. His Guru Maharaj Bhakti Siddhanta Sarchitapa wanted of him. And, and it, it seems that Krishna gave him that power and of course as we know from the perspective of Pujapatrita Maharaj that was the power of Balaram or Nityananda Ram that descended in him. So again Bali Punim Hijai. Balaram is of course important to us for uh, uh, many reasons um, but one kind of over arching reason, reason is that he has uh, much to do with the very tattva that we are ontologically uh, you know, constituted of, tattva shakti. It's stated in Chaitanya Charitamrita that, uh, that Mahasankarshan, who's the Prakash, the expansion of, of Balaram in Vaikuntha, is the shelter of the entirety of the Tatasta Shakti. Hmm? So in, in so it means in Vaikuntha he manifests without any beginning in time, if you will. We're limited by by words to describe such things. But uh let's say he, rather than manifest he's the shelter of Nityasiddha Tatasta Shakti Jivas and then his avatar, which is the original avatar Mahavishnu Mahavishnu, the avatar of Mahasankarshan, who presides over the material world, then 
uh, is the one spoken of throughout the scripture who becomes many as all of us so that we have the they have the nitivada tasta jivas so <clears throat> excuse me as i say this uh, mahasankarshan and mahavishnu his his avatar these are um, prominent uh, manifestations of Baladev. And then from the from the bhakti uh, perspective as well, Chaitanya Charitamrita informs us that bhakta abhiman mul shri balarame. So the abhiman or the um, ego of a devotee, the mool, the root of this, in everyone, including the different uh, Vishnu expansions, avatars, and so on and so forth, is uh, is Balaram. He's the original um, servitor, if you will. We have the uh, Savior Bhagavan and Savior Bhagavan. So he is the form of Bhagavan that personifies service to Bhagavan at the same time. It's a very interesting uh, concept. If you could imagine, and I've said something like this uh, previously, if you could imagine the ability, having the ability to personify your emotions and then interact with them, that would be something like um, uh, what Balaram is, if you will, to Krishna with the rise of the um, fraternal emotion or the, the feeling of friendship. So that person in Krishna that personifies in 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 the form of Balaram with whom then he interacts. Balaram is his best friend and he really um, embodies the the fullness of um a friendship. We'll see that a little bit hopefully as we go forward and describe his his nature. <clears throat> but that said, um he's uh introduced to us at the very onset of the tenth canto. Not that he's not mentioned previously, previous to the tenth canto. Um, there's mention of Krishna and Balaram and so forth, but of course the tenth canto marks the real uh, ongoing uh, uh, step by step uh, recounting on the part of Subhadev, um to Richard Maharaj the Prakat uh, Leela. So um, therein he goes into great detail about Krishna and the point being here about Balaram. Just previous to the 10th canto, of course, there's a description of the Yadu dynasty and um, uh, Krishna Balaram appeared in the Yadu dynasty. That previously was a, was a bit of a um, Point uh, a point that kind of discouraged Richard Maharaj at first. We find in the fifth canto that he is a little bit uh, despondent at the thought that uh, Krishna appeared in the Yadu dynasty rather than in the Kuru dynasty, which he's a member. 
But Sukadev Goswami quickly um, uplifted his spirits by pointing out that yes, it's true. He's he was he took birth in the in the Adu Dynasty, and so they're celebrated for uh, as as a result. But comparatively, he is stated with in intimacy and fraternal love with. Um, Arjun and the Pandavas who are the Kuru dynasty. And so he was closer by consciousness rather than by birth with the Kurus than with the Yadus and the Yadu dynasty that he's a member of. It's a subtle way also in which the Bhagavatam, and there are a number of instances of this, it uh, plays down the kind of forced idea that we find in some Hindu sects, especially in the Advaita sect of Vedanta, that um, caste by birth um, is uh, such a an overriding, significant uh, factor. Um, they think something to the effect that if you were if you're born in a Brahmin family, and you happen to have Brahminical qualities, well, that's that's better. But if you're born in a Brahmin family and you don't have Brahminical qualities, you're still a Brahmin and should be treated as such. So, the um, same holds true with um, being born as a Brajabasi or being a Brajabasi in consciousness. Mm-hmm. So, at any rate, Balaram, Parikshit Marsh is encouraged by Sukadev. Um, as he spoke about the, the intimacy and friendship with which, for example, Krishna interacted with um, with Arjun. Um, and then here, as we come to the 10th canto, after hearing again previously in the 9th canto, some kind of genealogical table of the of members of the Adu dynasty and so forth. Pritchett Marsh expresses eagerness to uh, Sukadev that he might elaborate upon um, not only Krishna, but, and this is right, I mean, the, the, the second verse uh, of the um, 10th canto, which makes up, you know, the great. Uh, by far the majority of the whole the whole text. Um Pritchett Mars says Tatra Amsena Abhatirnasya Vishnu. <clears throat> so uh Tatra Amsena <clears throat> there's a understanding of this that uh outside of uh the Gaudiya perspective that um Read something to the effect that uh, that Sugadev here is, or excuse me, Bridget Mars, the Inquirer is uh, asking of Sugadev uh, to hear something more about um, Vishnu, who is the who who is an Amsa or Krishna, who is an Amsa of Vishnu. But the Gaudiya. Um, rendering of the first, which I think is grammatically certainly supportable, but more more accurate, given the entirety of the Bhagavatam, which is the speciality, if you will, of the of the of the Gaudias. No one 
um, takes the Bhagavatam more seriously than than Gaudiya Vaishnavas. So their commentaries, their perspective on it um, should be taken more seriously. And of course, um, if we look to the Tattva Sandarbha, for example, we we get the basic idea from Jiva Goswami of the importance of the Bhagavatam in relation to all the other revealed scriptures, so on and so forth. And then how to understand the Bhagavatam, um, um, as he points out, beginning with looking at the trance of the Yas out of which it, it arose and so on and so forth. So the Gaudiya perspective then on this verse 10 to is that uh, Amsa Saha, that he appeared along with his Amsa. So let me hear about Vishnu who here uh, would is, is in reference to Krishna, who appears along with his Amsa. So the point being here relative to our discussion is that, that he, Pariksit Maharaj, wanted to hear about Krishna and Balaram uh, together, the two of them. They are, in fact, uh, a, a, uh, uh, an instance in which the avatar appears along with uh, more or less a twin himself. <clears throat> so we talk about the Krishna avatar. We talk about the fact that he's an avatari, but he appears as an avatar as well. But uh, even in the um, descriptions of the avatars given in the third chapter of the first canon of the Bhagavatam, where the famous line Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam comes at the end of the description of a, a good number of avatars. Just prior to that, the Krishna avatar is mentioned and, of course, mentioned along with Balaram. This is the Krishna and Balaram avatar. <clears throat> Balaram is not, for example, uh, an avatar or expansion of Narayan, <clears throat> but uh, the immediate um, expansion of, of Krishna in Braj for which, if you will, uh, accents adds to um, the, the very, if you, want, if you will, the very friendly nature of that uh, domain. Hobagyam, hobagyam, as Brahman said, nanda gopa vajokasam, yon mitram paramanandam, puna brahman sanatam. It's a land of, of friendship. Friendship, of course, extends throughout the entirety of Braj, and when I speak of the entirety, I speak of the aesthetic uh, possibilities. So it touches the Dasya Rasa, it touches Madhurya Patsalya um, Rasa, and it um, interacts uh, significantly with 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 uh, Madhurya Rasa as well. <clears throat> so anyway, Raj Pariksha, with his eagerness, asks to hear about Krishna and also um, uh, enthusiastically wants to hear about the exploits of Balaram. Then, <clears throat> as the as the canto um, proceeds, then of course um, in the second can- chapter of the tenth canto, Prichit Maharaj or Sugadev, I should say, begins to. Describe the uh, the circumstances of Balaram and Krishna. 
Um, Kamsa, as you know, uh, was uh, uh, ruling in Mathura, and his rule was cruel. And as the Bhagavatam describes at the beginning of the second chapter of the 10th canto, this caused many of the yadus to disperse from Mathura to go to other places to get away from the cruel regime of um, of Kamsa. But some members of the Kura dynasty, they stayed on. Not only did they stay on in Mathura, but they even um, participated in the uh, in the government of Kamsa, like Akura, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, Devaki and Vasudev were there by force, imprisoned and so forth. But while it would seem ostensibly that those who stayed, rather than resisting Kamsa by way of, at least by way of leaving, <clears throat> were lesser in stature, in terms of their piety, but actually the opposite is quite the opposite is the, is, is the case. They stayed because of the prophecy hmm, that the child of Devaki would bring about the demise of, of Kamsa. They stayed for the appearance of, of Krishna, despite the difficulty of living directly under the cruel uh, rule of Kamsa. So they were um, this is this this is wrong. They, they despite difficulty um, that difficulty was turned into something favorable in their minds and um was thus uh, uh Tolerable, favorable being that Krishna and, and, um, and Balaram were, were due to appear, um, in the vicinity, if you will. Um, Prikshan Maharaj, of course, is in Dasya Bhakti. He's an eternal resident of Dwarka. Um, but he's interested, uh, also. As everybody in Dwarka is in 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 the in the Braj, Lila. they they know that's very that the devotees there are very special that they please Krishna in a way that that the uh, that the yadus in Dwarka are not not able to do. They're awed by them. Mm-hmm. So from there, then of course the, the circumstances being described and and that that including the fact that the, that that. Uh, um, Kamsa has begun to kill the the the, the children of um, of Devaki, six six children, and we come to the point in which uh, uh, the Bhagavatam says, "What Satamo Vaishnavam Dhamam Yam Anantam?" That the Satamo, the seventh child of Devaki appeared in her womb and he's Vaishnavam Dhamam Yamanantam. He is Ananta and he is a manifestation of or he is one with the uh Vaishnav Dham, which means Vaikuntaloka, the abode, the Dham, the abode of uh of Vishnu. Uh, 
Balaram Ananta, his expansion. is considered to be a existential aspect of the Surup Shakti. So the forms of, of, of the devotees are arising out of this aspect of the, of the Surup Shakti, the Dham itself. Um, and by extension, through the expansions of Balaram and, his, and the avatars, Mahavishnu, the material worlds, are manifest. So he's a big, um, a big fellow, as it's mentioned at the uh, at the conclusion of the slaying of uh, Dinakasur, who's so central to uh, to Balaram's identity. The slaying of uh, Dinakasur is, is central to the the, the identity of um, Balaram arising in fullness in the Bhagavatam. Um, maybe we'll, we'll get, come to that as we, as we go forward. But there at that that point, then he's described, it, it's described by Sukadev. Well, you know, what he did in slaying the Anikasura is not something very wonderful, really. Uh, it's wonderful if we look at him from the human perspective which to a large extent of course is the perspective of the devotees because he's human-like and um, and um, his Aishvarya, his majesty and so forth is uh, secondary to the Madhuri, to the sweetness of his human-like nature, Krishna and Balaram, uh, both. So the fact that he could slay the Nikasura is, is, is not a is is it may be wonderful from that material perspective, but looking at it more broadly, he says there that like when you weave, you know, there's the some of the yarn goes up and some goes sideways. He is like this, like a web. That uh, contains all the worlds. <clears throat> so Vaishnava, Vaishnavanam, Vaishnavam, Dhamam, Yad, Yam Anantam. Bhagavatam. This is the so these are the beginning descriptions in the tenth canto of Balaram. Um, the request for such in earnestness by the part on the part of Parikshit Maharaj and Sukadev uh, responding with the beginning story. Hmm. Now, of course, it's interesting to uh, note that, uh, that, that Balaram is the, has been fathered by Vasudev. He's appearing in the womb of uh, Devaki, but at a certain point, uh, Krishna hmm, told uh, who hadn't appeared yet, but informed his internal Shakti Yoga Maya to transfer Balaram hmm, uh, or Ananta, the Amsa of even of Balaram, partial expansion of Balaram, to the womb, from the womb of Devaki to the womb of, uh, of Ruhini. 
Bhagavatam says, Devakya Jatare Gharvam <clears throat> Seshakyam Dhamamamakam. So from my, he, from my, from Devaki's womb, take Seshakyam Dhamamamakam, my Dham, and place him, uh, uh, into the womb of Rohini. So why, why did, uh, um, two questions arise. Why did Balaram, uh, in the form of Anantis expansion appear for the, in the first place in the womb of Devaki? And then why was he transferred? So, um, of course, the idea that he is the presiding deity over the Dham, and in effect is the Dham, um, answers the first question, that he appeared as uh, Balaram does in the form of his expansion, as the bedstead of, of, of Krishna, as uh, his couch, uh, um, um, lying as Ananda does with Vishnu um, as, a, as a great serpent riding upon him and so forth. So he prepared the ground, if you will, within the womb of Devaki for the appearance of Krishna. First his Dham manifests, then he uh, makes his appearance. So for that reason, he entered the womb. Now, why was he transferred? Well, six sons had been killed previously, and they have a certain history um, of having been offenders and to Brahma and as such um, having to uh, suffer the plight of uh, the, the curse of their, of, of uh, I guess it was Hiranyakasipu, that they, they'd be slayed by their own father. It's a complicated history and so forth. Um, but um, the, Now, the Lord himself is appearing in a womb of, of, uh, of Devaki. So, perhaps we would think, well, yeah, he should be transferred so he's protected from crumbs, but that doesn't make any sense. He doesn't need to be protected from Kamsa. There's certainly no, 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 no fear of Kamsa. My, it says my internet's unstable here. Let me see. Yeah, you're lagging a little bit. Ooh. Well, I don't know. Periodically. I don't know what to do about that. All the time. Yeah. Say something if, uh, if I, if I do. So it's not, uh, unless I get a notice on here, I'm not aware of it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's not like major. It's just kind of like, it's just a little bit like at certain points. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like we're not missing a whole sentence or something. Okay, so um, so at any rate, uh, he, the reason that he took birth or appeared in the womb of Devaki first is, of course, to prepare the, the ground, if you will, for Krishna's appearance in Devaki, or the appearance of, of Devaki Nandan Krishna in, in the womb. Um, but then the second question comes, why was he transferred? Right? Why was he there in the first place? 
And why was he transferred? Well, he wasn't transferred because uh, out of fear of Kamsa. Uh, Sanatana Goswami gives a nice answer to this question in his uh, his commentary. Um, he says that Krishna caused asked Yogamai to transfer him to the womb of Rohini, who is the original, if you will, mother of Balaram. So the Ananta expansion of Balaram from the womb of Devaki was transferred to womb of Rohini and merged with the with his source, Balaram, and the full Vibhak uh, Prakash of Braj, Balaram himself there, um, uh, of course, uh, issued forth, if you will, from the womb of Rohini in Braj. Why he was transferred Sanatana Goswami says, and Jiva Goswami agrees, of course, is because Krishna felt that if Balaram was not in Braj, his pastimes would not be would not be uh, joyful. Hmm? That's a beautiful point. If Krishna feels without Balaram's presence in Braj, well, uh, he can't be happy there. Hmm? Balaram had a similar experience when he returned to Braj from Dwarka at Krishna's, um, well, with Krishna's blessing, it was his own desire to do so, to pacify the inhabitants. But when there, meeting with his friends and preparing while he was there to herd cows, he, as they would daily, he would lose interest. Without Krishna there in Braj, Balaram couldn't be happy. Similarly, this is the reverse. Without Balaram in Braj, Krishna cannot be happy. We shouldn't underestimate the importance of, of, of Balaram if we want to make uh, Krishna happy. So, Rohini, of course, is an important uh, figure. She was a wife of, of Vasudev. She was sent to uh, uh, Braj to be protected um, in the mind of uh, Vasudev. Um, that was uh, wise. Um, but um, the connection of Rohini and Balaram, by extension, with the Adus, and with the Chatriya uh, class is affords a little bit of supporting emphasis or evidence, I should say, evidence to the rumor in Braj that that sometimes surfaces uh, regarding both Ruhini and Balaram. They're not really... Uh, Rajbasis, they're they're from Matura. They 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 hear this sometimes, um, or these facts surface to give some support to that idea. But that idea is never given any credence by the inhabitants of 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 Braj, hmm? 
who see them, and rightfully so, Rogini and Balaram, as full members of the Rajabasi uh, community, despite their Chatriya uh, um, back, background. Hmm? So in substance, Rohini and certainly Balaram are um, Rajabasis. Again, this is another important, uh, it's the same point I brought up earlier with regard to Pariksha being concerned that, well, you know, I'm a member of the Kuru dynasty. Krishna was born in the Yadu dynasty. I wish he was born in my dynasty. Well, it's not a question of where you're born. It's a question of, 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 uh, consciousness. And, uh, uh, he's closer in consciousness to the Kurus and to Arjun than he is to the Yadus. And you're the grandson of, of, of Arjun. See how auspicious your, your position is. So similarly, they, they, they they're Kshatriyas. They're from Matura. But, but that's a fact. <laughs> but for the Brajmasi's mind, it has no no bearing whatsoever. Hmm? They, they they recognize that, they acknowledge that, but not in a way that in, that in any way would cause them to think that Rohini or Balaram weren't one of them, hmm? um, as some outsiders might might think. I mean, there's a rumor about Krishna also that he, that actually he's born, he's actually the son of Vasudeva and Devaki, but that doesn't. There's not as much um, um, evidence to to support that. Here, there's a little bit of more, you know, evidence. Uh, Rubini is the wife of Vasudeva. Vasudeva. Vasudeva is the father of 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 Krishna. Vasudeva is a Chatriya. He's a Chatriya. Balaram's a Chatriya. But they're not treated like this. They're, it's acknowledged. They're treated to some extent. Let, let's talk about Rohini. It's an important uh, uh, figure. Hmm? Uh, the point I'm making here is what does it mean to be a Brajbasi then? Uh, what I remember going to Radhakund one time and being accosted by one of the Pandyas, one of the fellows who leads you know, people around to show them this is what happened here, this is what happened there. In Gaur Lila and Krishna Lila and so forth, and you know they do that for a living. Um, not a bad thing, uh, but uh, this fellow's insistence was that I'm Brijbasi, therefore I should be. You should worship me, and and pay me something to tell you these things. He quoted the verse uh, um, from Gaudiya text, I forget what it, what it was, saying something similar about the Brajbasis, they were worshipable, and so forth, maybe something from Raghunathaspa Swami. I, I replied by citing Mahaprabhu Shikshastakam Trinadapis, and this is a, what is it, Vaishnava? I happen to have a disciple who was, who was uh, from the area, so I said, this is my tour guide here. Um, but here was a fellow living in Braj, but he didn't have the consciousness of Braj, is, is the point. So it, it's, a, it's not a geographical realm. Hmm? Um, it's geographical metrics, if you will, length and width and so forth, are described only in the context of the Leela. Outside of that, it's, 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 it's not limited, a limited geographical area. It is a subjective realm of consciousness. So therein, you find the birth of Balaram 
from Mother Rohini. And um, so something about her, uh, because naturally the son is going to have some of the characteristics of the mother as well. She is about uh, maybe more than a decade, maybe 12 years younger than Yashoda. Yet, given the fact that she's from the royal royalty, Chatria, so again, doesn't doesn't distance her in any way. But Mother Yasoda treats her with some respect, like an older sister, which doesn't get any traction, if you will, with Rohini, make her proud or feel that she's in any way uh, superior. Uh, but um, formally, a little bit of respect is given. Others call her, uh, address her as as the princess. And um, and no one in Brudge can ignore her her request. So there is a little bit of treating her like 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 a chatri on, on the surface, if you will, but not in, in in such a way as to as to think that she is not a you know, somehow not a member of the community. Mm-hmm. Um, so given her position like this, uh, in the, the way Yashoda treats her, the way Nanda Maharaj treats her, um, all the gopas and the young gopis, they always uh, listen whenever she speaks. Mm-hmm. She never orders any of them to do anything, but uh, she very carefully explains different tasks that need to be accomplished. She's the main manager at Nandagram. She's the main cook at Nandagram. Mm-hmm. Um, she uh, organizes for the guests when they arrive, for example. Um, she uh, sends gifts out uh, to those who have visited or on the holidays, uh, the, the days celebrating auspicious moments in their lives. She she arranges for um, the sending note cards to them, like once one would send a Christmas card or something like that. Um, uh, and again, all the gopas and gopis, they, they listen to her very carefully. Krishna doesn't listen to Mother Yasoda. Krishna doesn't listen to, uh, to Nanda Maharaj, but he listens to uh, Rohini. And by extension, he listened to Balaram. Therefore, repeatedly, uh, Yasoda will try to get Balaram to express the, her, her desire to Krishna that he might um, uh, change his behavior or um, uh, address some something about his behavior. Um, it's, so again, like mother to some extent, um, uh, like son, gopis they they can't, they regularly approach um, Rohini, whisper in her ears about how Krishna has been teasing them and so forth. And then she works with them and gives them them some strategy to to work through it, turn it back on Krishna and so forth. Um, gopas will also young cowards will also complain uh, as they do to Balaram at times about Krishna, they will to Rohini. And she she has a close connection with those gopas. So she they share secrets with her hmm, that they don't share even with their own uh, parents or with Nanda and Yasoda. So she is tuned in a little bit more to the uh, forest um, adventures 
of the Coward Boys. And, and so she knows, for example, what forests at least are planned to be visited today, while others may be visited as the plan changes on the fly, if you will, in their uh, sportive uh, uh, cowherding leelas throughout the day. Uh, usually some, some plan is made and it's shared to some extent with Rohini, who then engages the cowherds with regard to her own service of cooking. Okay, you're going to such and such forest. Be sure to bring back fruits that are, that we know that certain fruits are abundant in that forest. Bring some back for the cooking and so forth. So she'll engage them in that way. Cowherd boys will complain about Krishna, as I said earlier, as they do to Balaram also. Uh, for example, they'll complain. Some cow will complain that Krishna has taken my chatter and given it to a bear today. No explanation. So then, so they go to Rohini. He goes. That boy goes to Rohini and says, "Well, well what's happening with this?" So she says, "Well, you know." She'll explain to him. It must have been that bear just had babies and needed to, felt she needed a blanket to to. to Cover them. So Krishna gave your chudder. And then the boy will think, yes, and my chudder was bigger than Krishna's. That's why he chose it. Oh, and, and, and he feels good about it and so forth. Or, uh, you know, Krishna took some food from my tiffin and gave it to the monkeys. Well, Rohini knows Krishna would not let any of his friends go hungry. So she says, but did, did you go hungry? No. Hmm? Krishna gave me from his tip and then, okay. So in this way, she, she has a very close relationship with the young gopis and the young gopas that exceeds kind of in, in intimacy as to their intrigues and so forth, that of, um, Yashoda. Um, it's important for us, I think, to, to know, uh, about these important, uh, figures in Braj, like Rohini, uh, as we're describing today, uh, it's just a thought just, just came to me. I remember that a hearing years ago, uh, Pujapad Sridhar speak about um, Mirabai, who was a famous uh, poet and lover of Krishna, and and uh, but in her poems, she only speaks about Krishna and herself without speaking about glorifying, praising, having, expressing feeling for Nanda, Yashoda, Sridham, uh, Rohini, uh, Balaram, uh, uh, Radha, and so forth, without which the fullness of what we know to be Krishna, Swayam Bhagavan, is, 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 is not present, it's not possible. Hmm? Whereas in the Gaudiya prayers, we find always glorification of various uh, members of of Braj. They're all part of the composite. We have to, the, the object of love is there, but the love must be there. Mitram Sanatanam. So these are eternal, uh, essential figures that are that are one with what we call Krishna. And Balaram, one indifferent at the same time. Hmm. And Krishna and Balaram, is a, a, to go in that direction for a moment, are, are, are thought to be ontologically one, even though they have different dispositions. Uh, I was describing 
a little bit uh, Rohini's disposition. So Balaram similar in, in some respects. He'll counsel boys. He'll 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 um, um, pacify two uh, uh, two two gopas arguing over, over something. Um, he's uh, uh, comparatively to Krishna. He's 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 more well behaved. Um, and, um, uh, and, 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 and so on. But before going into the difference between them emotionally, uh, it's important that the go to note that the Gaudiya Vaishnavas, uh, our founding acharyas also for important reasons emphasize the, the oneness between, uh, Krishna and Balaram. It's similar to the way in which we find Chaitanya Mahaprabhu repeatedly instructing his devotees as to the importance of Nityananda Ram and how if you don't love Nityananda Prabhu, you don't love me, so to speak. I mean, repeatedly in the Leela, in Gaur Leela, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu points out the, the divinity, if you will, of Nityananda Ram, distinguishing him from, 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 from others in that way as he himself Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was distinguished from others in, in their minds. Um, so, similarly, uh, our Gaudiya Vaishnavacharyas have emphasized the, the oneness between Krishna and Balaram, as Krishna himself does in the Bhagavatam, in the 15th uh, chapter, the 10th canto, which is the Denikasura Leela. So much is packed into that. Um, again, this is this is where Balaram comes out, so to speak, uh, with the beginning of the uh, Poganda age. Balaram's uh, significance starts to play uh, more substantially um, in, into the Leela. <clears throat> but at the onset of that, Krishna eulogizes Balaram. He does it, of course, in humor, in one sense, because he's speaking about himself and projecting it on Balaram, but you know, truth is uh, said in jest. So Balaram, Krishna is pointing out to all the cowherds and to all of us, all the readers of the Bhagavatam, the uh, the importance of Balaram. And one of the reasons for this, of course, is that some texts, some Vaishnava sects, interpreting of interpretation of those texts leads one to believe that Balaram is not as important as he is, even that he's a jiva. Uh, some schools. Um, uh, seem to think, or that he's an he's an incarnation or expansion of Ananda Sage, rather than the, the other way around, and so forth. So our Gaudi Acharyas are following, if you will, the lead of Krishna, really, in glorifying Balaram, as he does in that eulogy that, that begins the Dindakasur Lila chapter. Um, Goswami uses the term Samaprakashatvam. Hmm? Samaprakashatvam. The, these two uh, are equal manifestations. Hmm? Uh, again, Balaram is not an, not an avatar of, 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 of Narayan. Um, uh, he precedes Narayan, so to speak. It, uh, the first and immediate uh, expansion of Krishna, and again, personifying uh, friendliness and humor. Hmm? He presides Balaram over Hasirasa. Hmm? Um, Jiva Goswami, uh, underscoring this point, he, in the Krishna Sandarbha, he brings up a couple of, uh, points 
to uh, scriptural references, I should say, to substantiate his his point as to the uh, the ontological oneness between uh, Krishna and Balaram. And it's a little bit more than just, well, uh, Vishnu Tattva uh, are all one. That he wants to include him in Vishnu Tattva. Because, of course, he, why, of course, again, it's a little deceiving because he is Vishnu Tattva, hmm, ontologically, but he is in the mood of a servant. So he's, a, he's, he's, there's Savior Bhagavan and Savior. So there's Bhagavan who served and Bhagavan who's the servitor. So he acts like a Shakti, hmm, in, in, in one sense, in his mood of service to Krishna. At the same time, he's object of love along with Krishna for, um, for the Gaudias, and particularly, you know, for those in in in, uh, in Sakirasa. <clears throat> but to uh, cite some of the um, evidences from Scripture that Jiva Goswami draws upon to make his point as to the oneness of Krishna and and Balaram. I think he begins with um, reference to the Gita. In the Gita, in the tenth chapter, Krishna speaking about Vibhutis, powerful manifestations within nature or within the world, if you will, that um, are uh, that he says I can be identified with. Hmm. So there are powerful manifestations of nature that give us in a kind of a shift our our consciousness by their power, by their force, uh, from the consciousness of of in, inadvertently just thinking we're the center, the things are evolving around us, to the obvious fact that they're not evolving around us. We stand here, for example, in Northern California, next to the big red redwood trees that you could build a house in, drive a car through and so forth. And you, you just don't feel like in a forest like that, you don't feel like you're the center uh, anymore. Or just, uh, just, just, just a few miles from here is, is the coast and it's fantastic cliffs down into the ocean and its vastness and so forth. So these manifestations of nature that are very powerful, they have the power to give us a momentarily an epiphany that that I'm not the center. Shift our the balance of our uh, of our of our consciousness to a more uh, correct position, if you will. Sometimes people in in uh, the scientific community say, yeah, I've been in the mountaintop. I've had that, you know, that shift, that experience. Uh, uh, that's what people are talking about when they talk about God. Of course, this is just the beginning idea. But speak of Bhakti Rasa, that's a whole other thing in terms of experience of the Godhead. That's not the whole of the experience of Godhead, just to experience some powerful manifestation of nature that, uh, that causes that kind of shift momentarily. But anyway, in that chapter, um, it's not only powerful manifestations of nature, but powerful, but, but Balaram is mentioned also. And Krishna says that he's one with him. And he says, of, uh, what does he say? Um, he says, uh, of Vrishnis, of Vrishnis, what is the verse? Vrishni nam Vasudevo Smi, 10th chapter, I should say, of the Bhagavad Gita. Um, Vishninam means the Vishni means the Yadus Vasudevos me of the among the Vishnis I am Vasudev. So this is a reference to Balaram, who is 
the son of Vasudeva. You can also say that Krishna as the son of Devaki, that manifestation of Krishna is a, is, is Vasudeva. But Jiva Goswami makes the point that he's not saying, I am who I am. I, it's obvious that Krishna is in, in, in Dwarka is, is, is Krishna in Vrindavan. Um, he's not saying that. He's saying that Balaram, who's also considered Vasudeva as the son of Vasudeva, he and I are one. Vishdinam Vasudeva Jiva Goswami then uh, goes on to cite a, a number of verses that are all uh, building up, if you will, uh, uh, to through the through the Kumar Lila to the Poganda Lila, um, uh, in which Krishna and Balaram are described by the dual case without even mentioning their names, the pair, the t- together. He says. In, in spirit, what the Bhagavatam is saying, for all intents and purposes, is that these two are uh, are one. They are um, virtually uh, twins, identical twins. Mm-hmm. Um, they are the yugal, as Nainanathakur said, uh, uh, of the yugal kishore of of, of Sakiras. Um, and uh, in a very kind of uh, sweet way, then Jiva Goswami <laughs> concludes his uh, evidence for the ontological oneness between Krishna and Balaram. That Balaram will be equally worshipable is the is the idea. This is important in for the sadhakas for the jivas of this world. To understand the significance of Balaram, misunderstanding that is like misunderstanding the the the, the Guru Tattva, and, and everything is lost there. This is the this is the this is he's the Akandu Guru Tattva. So the, this Guru Tattva is that uh, manifestation of divinity that is most best equipped and most suited to help us, assist us, to serve us. On our journey hmm? to Prem. When that's misunderstood, when we become guru fanatics, for example, without understanding the tattva, when we can't recognize our guru beyond certain um, characteristics that we become acquainted with in terms of his his person. Hmm? We can't hear somewhere else from outside of his mouth, lotus mouth or hers, something that we know is non-different, hmm? although coming from another place. Uh, this is uh, to it's all right and important and essential to have a Kanishta Adhikari conception of the Guru. We have to start somewhere, but we can't stay there forever. Mm-hmm. And so it's a challenge. And we need good guidance for that. But point being here, misunderstanding this, and I'm comparing it to misunderstanding Balaram, 
I think appropriately so. This is certainly um, the, uh, arguably the greatest impediment to our progress. If we misunderstand that, misapply that, that which is meant to be the, the, the intended, the, the principal instrument to liberate us, becomes the cause of our bondage. Especially with this Guru Tat, we don't understand this properly, uh, then, then in the name of then, and with all appearance of serving the Guru and, and so forth, we, we do ourselves a, a disjustice, a, a, an injustice. We, 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 we bind ourselves that much more, arguably, than we were previously without, without the guidance. So in a similar way, and by extension, it's important for us to understand uh, the divinity of Balaram. He is the Dom. Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami got permission to go to the Dom, as he explains himself. From Nityananda Prabhu, Nityananda Ram, Nityananda appeared to him in the dream along with his coward associates, all dressed as Balaram and his friends. And he said, go to Vrindavan. He was homeless. He had rejected his, his brother and left home, um, Krishnas Kaviraj, because in the house he felt there was an offensive attitude towards Nityananda Ram, who's Balaram. And Balaram came to him. Nityananda Ram, Balaram came to him and said, you're homeless. You live with me in Braj. Hmm. You want to overcome samsara hmm, and enter the Dham. You have to have, you have, to have regard uh, for Balaram. There's, there's, there's no rasa whatsoever that doesn't um, it will be attained without proper understanding. Of Balaram, so it's an it's an important point that's uh, emphasized by the Gaudiya Vaishnavas. And as I say, coming to this point, Jiva Goswami concludes his evidence. He gives other evidences that I've cited. I'm just on the, as we go forward, remembering some of the things he said. But um, uh, he points out that throughout the discussions, Krishna and Balaram, the dual cases used, as I said, they're 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 considered as twins, and um, when we get to, uh, I believe it's the 38th chapter of the 10th Ganto of Bhagavatam, then the final evidence in Jiva Goswami's mind comes in a very sweet way. What is that? that their footprints are described. Hmm? And on them are the marks of the flag, the thunderbolt, the goad, the lotus. Hmm? Their feet are the same. <laughs> their footprints are the same. Hmm? And these footprints are different from any other, uh, even ordinary person, obviously, would speak of, any avatar would speak of ordinary persons. So the two, these two great beings, Krishna and Balaram, with their uh, auspicious and gracious smiling glances of benediction, Bhagavatam says, uh, they beautified the land of Braj by their feet bearing the marks of the flag and the thunderbolts and the gold and the lotus and so on. So, um, so they're one, ontologically one. Uh, the important point, um, uh, uh, my mind goes a bit to Chaitanya Bhagavad, where, where in this discussion where Vrindavan Das tries to do the same thing. At the very onset of his book, he says, 
Okay, everyone thinks that Krishna is God because he had a Ras Leela. And that's the Maharas. That's the fullest uh, expression of, of Rasa. Therefore, he is he is he is Bhagavan. Hmm? True. But, uh, but he says, but but Balaram also had Rasa Rasa Leela. Of course, you look at it carefully, they're not the same by any measure. But in order just to make the point in the minds of, of readers in general as to the, the fact that Balaram is equally divine, he is Bhagwan, hmm? disguised even as a servitor of Bhagwan, but he, he is Bhagwan showing the way. Um, he, he also sought to emphasize this point. So it's consistent throughout. We find it in Chaitanya Charitamrita. Um, all the verses of original verses of Sanskrit verses, five of them of Krishna Kaviraj about Nityananda Prabhu and, and describing this as one with Balaram that he might not be um, misunderstood. But again, um, they're one, but they're also different in emotional uh, uh, component, uh, emotional makeup. I wrote a little poem about uh, Balaram, I'll read it to you. This, this is describing him for a moment. Um, Balaram's beauty knows no bounds. His feet are soft like lotuses. His hands, the hands, I should say, the hands of his long, strong arms reach his knees. His broad chest is garlanded with the gunjamala, and his dark hair is tied with a top knot, circled with a bounty of forest flowers. His complexion is clear and white, like reflective moonlight. He is Bhagawan, a friendly frame of mind. He sometimes serves, while at other times, he is concerned with how his younger beha- brother behaves. Sages call him Baladev. Mighty, witty, wise and well-dressed in midnight blue. He bears tilak made of musk, dark in hue. His, his single earring kisses his cheek and a lotus circled by bees decorates his ear. O Balaram, a voice deep in tone, when will I hear your call to serve the sound of your buffalo horn? Balaram Jai. Of course, Balaram also has a flute. He also plays a flute like Krishna does. Many other cowards all have flutes and play, but nobody can play the flute like Krishna. He is Venu Madhurya. He puts everyone in a trance by his flute playing. And Balaram is more characterized by his buffalo or antelope horn by which he wakes everyone up to the service of Krishna, especially his friends, every morning. Krishna puts them out, knocks them out, and Krishna Balaram wakes them up. So that said, we we'll turn for a moment then as we conclude our discussion. We've gone a little over time already to the uh, 15th chapter, where I have said repeatedly through this discussion that 
of the 10th canto that Balaram comes out and becomes start to become prominent. This is in connection with the Poganda Lila that is central to uh, Sakyarasa. And um, to date, in terms of the narrative in the Bhagavatam, Balaram has, uh, despite his Chatriya lineage, despite uh, his being the elder brother, despite everything that that uh, Yashoda says about him, being the older brother and uh, taking care of the younger boy, younger brother Krishna, uh, he hasn't done anything in the eyes of the uh, other coward boys that uh, necessarily weren't, weren't that compared to Krishna, who has killed other demons already, hmm? quite a number of them. So with the beginning of the Pukandalila, they, they call him out to um, deliver the tall palms, the tall fruits from uh, uh, Dhenikasur and, and his um, henchmen, his, his associates. There's a, there's a very subtle um, and sweet uh, extra reason for why the, these cowards, although they approach Krishna and Balaram to uh, deliver the fruits and the tall trees from the cruel rule, if you will, of Denikasur, they wouldn't let anybody taste them and, uh, and come in the vicinity of Talvan, which is a very, according to the Puranas, a very, very pleasant place. It's very expansive, uh, flat, uh, smooth, the earth is black, uh, covered with, with uh, darba and kusha grass. And it's devoid of stones and pebbles. It goes on and on about it. Very beautiful place. It borders the western uh, shore of the Jamuna, about uh, geographically speaking, about eight miles south uh, southwest of Matura, mm-hmm. uh, between uh, uh, the metropolis of Matura and uh, Mount Govardhan. A very uh, desirable place, and they're the tall fruits. They're very desirable. Um, a certain type of palm tree with fruits that, if you let them sit for a couple of days, they become um, an intoxicant, mm-hmm. intoxicating beverage. Um, tall palms. So why uh, they approach a Christian Balaram to to they can they can. They could, this is during the, um, I believe during the monsoon, then they could smell the redolent, the, the scent, the redolent, the scent of the tall palms. Um, and, and, uh, so bringing the situation to their attention, they bring it to the attention of Krishna and Balaram, but they, their emphasis on, is on approaching Balaram first. And of course, they want to bring out his heroism and heroism and so on and so forth. Which, which is an Udipana for Sakyaras itself, the heroics of, of Krishna and Balaram. Heroics that Balaram has not yet displayed compared to Krishna, although he's been, as I say, given credit for being the older brother and more powerful and protector and, and so on and so forth. But um, besides uh, taking the opportunity now, as the, at the beginning of the Pogondalila, to bring this out, hmm, there's another subtle and sweet reason that speaks to us something about the nature of, uh, of Balaram. Uh, reason why the boys approach him first, call him out uh, first. 
and indicate he should lead the way. He should slay the Nikasur. He should free the fruits. And that is because what? If any boy, coward boy, should ask Krishna to get them that fruit, can you give me that fruit from that tree? Krishna might do it or Krishna might not do it. Krishna might think, oh, it's not ripe. I won't get it. Mm-hmm. Or Krishna might get it, give it to him, then steal it from him and turn it into a, a you know, a, a keep away match and so forth. Uh, Krishna's a little unpredictable. Balaram's a little bit more uh, predictable um, and uh, can be overtly, if you will, relied upon. Obviously, Krishna can be relied upon ultimately, but overtly in the context of the Leela, he's more predictable and reliable in, in, in a sense. And that is with regard to his friendship. Hmm? Krishna can act in a way in which, well, you know, you might he, he stole that from you. You might think he's not my friend. Therefore, we've got to go to complain to Balaram. We have to go complain of Rohini, as I mentioned earlier. But Balaram is more overtly a reliable uh, friend, if you will. So, point being is, if a coward boy should ask Balaram, get me that fruit. Balaram will get the fruit. No questions asked. Hmm? It, he has long arms. As we heard, standing down to his knees, you reach, grab the fruit, climb the tree for the fruit. Or he, no matter how stout the fruit tree is, he'll shake the trunk until that fruit drops. And just to extend the spirit and nature of his friendship and reliability, if you will, in this regard. If still the fruit doesn't count, come down, he'll uproot the tree to bring that one fruit to that boy. And whatever the boy does with it doesn't matter. If he takes the fruit, then gives it to somebody else, or he eats it and says, oh, it's not sweet, and, 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 and just discards it, or decides to use it in, 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 in a game rather than eat it, that's of no consequence to Balaram. His friend wanted a fruit, he asked for it, he's going to do it. Hmm? Um, now, if the boy takes the fruit that Balaram secured for him, and then decides to give it to Krishna, then Balaram will go and be concerned. Then he'll take the fruit. Hmm? Because Balaram thinks, and rightfully so, with regard to those who give things to Krishna, his friends, they give them in love. And Krishna does not know whether the things themselves are good or bad, whether the fruit's ripe or not, for example, he doesn't know. He only knows their love. So Balaram, <laughs> if the boy wants to give that fruit to Krishna, then he'll take it, take it and inspect it first and see above and beyond the love with, with which it's being offered, hmm, whether it's worthy of being offered. Hmm? So this is a little bit about uh, Balaram, his, the nature of his, uh, uh, his, his friendship. Hmm? Um, and so another thing, so 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 the boys call on him first. Now, of course, they're they're going to cause him to become angry with Dana Kasura as they present uh, report to him the situation. They want the fruits, but there are extenuating circumstances. Um, and that is they want him to slay Dana Kasura. So they're going to bring out his anger, but anger is not something that that's uh, that's common for Balaram. 
it's very difficult to make him angry. That said, if he should think, this is his nature, even for a moment, that someone from outside has harmed even one hair on the head of one coward, his eyes will turn red and burn like like a laser, you know, Bitcoin glance, uh, fire. Hmm? Um, <laughs> to use a modern term, um, uh, in, 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 in rage with the, 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 the desire to um, address that uh, um, offender. So such is his kind of, if you will, a reliable um, friendship. He's very sober, but then again, um, there's a relaxed side to him that lends to Drinking that fermented tall fruit, uh, juice, um, Prabhupada describes in, 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 in his nectar devotion that, that, that there's different ways in which people respond to intoxication. I think it gives three ways. And the way in which Balaram responds to it, that is, that is, that is acceptable and respectable. <laughs> so, uh, overall he's quite sober, but he has this, uh, uh, pension for particularly the Talford and, and therefore um, out of this Denikasura Leela of course uh, where he ultimately slays Denikasura and the fruits are liberated and whatnot um, uh, uh, Balaram goes on into the Mathura and Dwarka Leela to along with Krishna lead a princely Leela and there on this chariot he has a flag and it is the tall uh, fruit so the Denikasura Leela very central to bringing out uh, something about the nature of Balaram, both his divinity and um, and his emotional disposition um, and so forth. Let me, uh, we've gone a little bit, over, quite a bit over time, so let me conclude with this. Uh, the, um, the boys have sought to Pinch the nerve, if you will, of his, his ego, your chatriya, they're, they're implying, um, uh, you, uh, you know, you have long, powerful arms, Ram Rama, Mahabaho, they say, but you know, you haven't done anything, uh, that, uh, that would, uh, serve as Evidence to your heroic nature, uh, strength, power, uh, uh, and so forth. They challenge him, if you will, in the spirit of Virarasa in play. Hmm? This is very prominent within Sakyarasa. Hmm? Uh, Bhagavatam says, I'll read a verse. Um, Therein, they say, so many fruits have already fallen on the ground. So ripe is the orchard, and many more fruits are falling by the day. But alas, they're guarded by that Duratma, Denuka. O Balaram, so they address him first, for reasons I've mentioned. O Krishna, this Asura is an ass, but a very strong one. Surrounded by many kinsmen, all of equal strength. 
I'm hearing this. Krishna laughs at his friends. Vaisha humor. Hmm? He notes that the boys were uh, not afraid of Danuka. Uh, and meanwhile, Balaram expresses, they draw the anger, he expresses righteous Chatriya anger. Hmm? Um, and so the boys continue. Uh, I'll read my my own description of, of what their conversation, how it goes. No one goes to Taliban. Neither humans nor herds of cows being terrified by the this man-eating mule. Indeed, even birds avoid him overhead. Yes, such fragrant fruits never before eaten are found there. Their sweet smell is so strong it overwhelms us, even here at this very moment. Oh, Krishna, get those fruits for us. Our minds are disturbed by their scent. Oh, Balaram, our desire is great. And surely Krishna will be pleased if you lead the way. Let us go there. Krishna responds, laughing. From where have all you boys gotten this greed? Sri Dham replies, by association with the greedy butter thief. Hmm. Ram says, well, greedy fellows, my friends, you are our equals. For sometimes you display your, your valor, moving your eyebrows and challenging us to a fight. And then you defeat us. So surely you don't need us to fend for you. Sri Dham says, ah, but you two are princes. Krishna, the son of a coward king, and you a Kshatriya in our midst. So, yeah, we're all equals. That's true. But still, within the context of that, Krishna is the son of the king, Nanda, king of the, all those cowards. Oh, he has a special place, and you're a Kshatriya. So, you graciously treat us as equals, and we act as such amongst ourselves. But despite our internal sportive play as a group we are one a unit moving through the forest together and in this respect you are our leaders group leaders surely we shall go to taliban taliban but should you not be pleased to lead us there krishna laughing says all right then i've already destroyed many asuras but Balaram has not dealt with even one. He should lead the way, as you say, and slay Danuka, who, because he is only a mule, is not much of a challenge anyway. <laughs> He's <laughs> digging in here to uh, pinch the ego of Balaram. Ram says, well, my dear brother, you have been blessed with a way of saying things by which those things are accomplished, but let us leave the cows behind. And so they proceed. Thus, sharing laughter, Krishna, dark as the all-consuming night sky, followed the moon-like Balaram, along with the multitude of shooting star-like sakas, who leapt and cried out, making sounds like threatening meteors announcing 
their descent on Taliban, where, of course, Balaram prevailed and showed the way, liberating the fruits. Balaram Jiki Jai Shibaldi Purnim Ki Jai Gaur Bhaktivinda Ki Jai Gaur Premanandi. So, a few thoughts today. Any any questions or comments? You can hear me, right? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, Eric just texted me and he told me that he has a question. Okay. Do you want to unmute, Eric? Okay. Uh, morning, Maharaj. Morning. Um, so I was just wondering one question that one question that I had was um, uh, with Balram often being described as being the origin of Guru Tattva or Adi Guru and such. Um, are there like any particular leelas that uh, could maybe touch upon that kind of accentuate this aspect of uh, his character? As guru, yes. Well, uh, in Balram's uh, rasic makeup is called Sankul. That means he's a he's, he's in Sakirasa, but packaged along with the Sakirasa is Dasya and Vatsalya, all three of which Sakya, Dasya, and Vatsalya he presides over hmm, in Braj. Hmm. They are called uh, Sambandarupa. Hmm as opposed to the Kama Rupa of, 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 of Madhurya Rasa. And, um, and so he's considered to be primarily in Sakya Rasa because it's the dominant of the three influences. But um, um, we do find instances in which Balaram expressing the Vatsalya component of his Sankul Bhav is, uh, takes the position of like the guru of Krishna and is served by Krishna. And Krishna brings uh, uh, him to the attention of others that he should be served and so forth. So there are some, some examples like that in, in the, uh, in, in the Brajlila narrative of Sukadev. Does that help? Yes. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. And Mohini has a question. Yes. Hare Krishna. Um, thank you very much for the talk. Um, so my question is, um, you, you mentioned a little bit about that anger of Lord Balaram. Um, and sometimes I, I've, I've thought about this. Sometimes in Krishna book, there's some a few examples of, of how Balaram's anger sometimes comes like a wave. Like, um, for example, like when he dragged the Yamuna or when he clubbed Rukmi. And um, I, 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 I sometimes think about it in contrast to when... Uh, Krishna never never seems to have that kind of wave of anger and um I wondered whether um first if if you had any any um thoughts on that but also in comparison to when Balaram comes as Nityananda Ram and in comparison to have he, he's he's akrodha he's never angry so I was 
but I just find it quite interesting to think about. I wonder if there was anything that you could um, say about about that. And is, is that anger to do with that kshatriya nature that you were speaking about? Well, it's not that uh, Krishna doesn't express anger at times. Of course, it more you find this in the um, uh, in the uh, Matura and Dwarka Lila. Um, and he slays different demons there and so on and so forth. Um, but, um, and that's more of a chapter Lila also, but um, um, Krishna becomes mad at anger with Balaram <laughs> for for telling on him <laughs> that he ate dirt, for example. But uh, with regard to Balaram's uh, anger, it's hard to anger him, but when he gets anger, angry, it's very powerful, but he he tends very much to lament afterwards for having shown anger. Even in, even in killing demons and so forth, he, he feels bad about it. Hmm? Such is his nature. So, um, so in that sense, there are instances in which he expresses anger, but he, 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 he doesn't get kind of overtaken by it, but in, 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 he, he kind of takes responsibility for it, if you will. He feels, feels a little bit bad about it, a little ashamed about it. And then it requires Krishna to, Cheer him up, say it's okay. It was it was warranted. It was warranted. So even in the expression of his anger, he he if, when it's fully played out, he he doesn't he doesn't um, identify with it entirely. So when he comes as Nityanandaram, then we don't find him being angry, right? <laughs> yeah. So something like that. Hope that helps. Thank you. What else? Um, Sharda has a question, and that's in the chat. Um, he says, "Can Rakshabandhan be celebrated amongst God siblings?" Yes, of course. That's uh, that's important. That's a you tie the bond with your brothers. Hmm. Uh, this is very prominent in Brudge and. So yes, that's a simple answer. What else? Anyway, yeah, we we've gone a little over time, so uh, I'm happy to have the opportunity to speak with you on this occasion. And we, I guess, we'll get together again soon huh, for another Janmashtami and Prabhupada Vyasa Puja and Radhastami. So many. Festive days coming in the, in the weeks ahead. Shivaldi Purnim Ki Jai. Jai Balaram. Balaram Ki Jai. Or Bhakta Vrinda Ki Jai. Or Premanandi. Hari Hari.